Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the History of Rock podcast. His name is Brandon. He's the DJ. His name is Shim. He's the rock star. Class is in session. We're talking about Blink-182, kind of going from the beginning of the band all the way through. Uh, they're kind of they're reunited now at this yes. point. And we're going to try to cover most of the stuff in between there. And as we kick things off, the lineup that we all know and love of Blink-182 mm-hmm. was not the original lineup. And their lineup has changed kind of throughout the years. So Blink-182, they formed back in, po- in Poway, California. I hope I got that city name right. In 1992, with the original line- lineup of Tom DeLonge, Mark Hoppus, and Scott Rayner on the drums. Was that the guy that played on the first album? He played on, I, be- I think it was Cheshire Cat was the one that he played on. Okay. Or no, so no, I'm sorry. No, no, guy. he was on the first two. He was on the first two albums. Yeah. So when the time comes, I've got a fun story about that guy. You let me know when the time comes up for that, okay? Rainer left the band right before a show. The band had less than an hour to get a new drummer. Barker was in the supporting group, the Aquabats at the time, and he was able to pick up the entire set in 45 minutes. Now that's a lucky break. See? That is a lucky break. When I read that, I think to myself, does that mean he's a great musician? Or does that mean the songs really aren't that complicated? Or does it mean that he already knew Blink-182's music because, fuck, he was opening for the band? Could have been. Uh, I, think was, it's, I think it's mine. You know, as he was with the Aquabats. So yeah. they originally floated around the names Duck Tape, not Ducked Tape, but Duck Tape, and Figure 8 Ooh. until they eventually landed on the name Blink. But after the success Good. of their first album, Cheshire Cat, in 1995, they got a cease and desist letter from a band in Ireland that was already going by the name of Blink. Now, the number 182, there have been a whole lot of rumors about what it is. The true story is apparently they just randomly came up with it when they were on the phone with their label. How do you know that's the true story? Because, man, that that one about... um, uh, You mean the stuff you're supposed the to F-bomb. do right now? Yeah, yeah. The room. Okay, but okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. The rumors were the number one eighty, but you kind of blew it. One eighty two came from one popular rumor is that Tony Montana drops the f bomb in Scarface one hundred and eighty two times. It is also believed that it stood for Rancho Bernardo, where they went to high school. The R is the eighteenth letter, and the B is the second letter. See, that one sounds like bullshit. But the one from Tony Montana, I thought that was real. People used to go through Scarface and count it and be like, "Oh, I must have missed one or two. Well, it's because it was all bullshit. For the longest time, they were kind of just, they, they, they let it roll. And they never mm. really said anything. But I believe recently they have come out and they have confirmed, like, yeah, we just, we made it up. And it, it, it truly does not mean right. anything. So Hoppus actually left the band pretty early when his girlfriend gave him an ultimatum. It's, it's me or the band, was what she said. And he yeah. chose her. Briefly. <laughs> when he found out that they had, they were recording a demo, he went right back to the band. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way that's gonna work out. The song "All the Small Things," the probably the first song that most of us came to know and love. Yeah, "All the Small Things" was written by DeLong to his then girlfriend Jenna Jenkins in the late '90s. The two would get married in 2001, have two kids together. They unfortunately split in 2009. Teen, 19. Random fact: Jimmy Eat World played at their reception. That might be one of the most underrated bands of all time. Jimmy Eat World. Mm-hmm. I've never really been a big fan. Been a big fan. That's what again, I'm like, fucking saying. A lot of this stuff. Like and even with Blink One Eighty Two, I respect the hell out of them. I'll, I will listen to them, but I don't think it's a band that I would ever choose to put on my playlist. But I think they're highly entertaining, and I think they're a pretty solid group of guys. 
Um, and I've never really heard any truly negative stories. Maybe a couple of things here and there working in radio. But all in all, I've heard that they're pretty, they're pretty decent dudes. Now, all the small things also led Hoppus to meeting his future wife. So you not only have DeLong writing that song for his future wife, but then Hoppus met his future wife, Sky Everly. She was on the set for the music video. And the way that the story goes is DeLong attempted to embarrass Hoppus by asking out Everly on his behalf. Originally, she said no. But since then, they have been married since 2002 and they have one child together. That's nice. That's a nice story. Travis Barker is miscredited at the end of American Pie. The band is in the movie watching the live stream of Jason Biggs attempting a striptease. They also use the band's song Mutt for the movie. And at the end of the movie, he is listed as Travis Barkor. Bark. Yeah. O-R. R-O-R instead of E-R. Hardcore Barkor. Hardcore Barkor. And that might have had something to do with Rainer leaving the band because it was right around this time when Rainer did leave the band. And the song was originally supposed to be in the 1997 on the 1997 album Dude Ranch, but it ended up being on Enema of the State. And Barker was an even a late addition to filming in that movie. Like you remember, they're they're the ones that are sitting there, they're watching the computer when Jason yeah. Biggs' character is getting the striptease going, and they get the yeah. monkey with them. Yeah, that's no, that. I and, remember and, and so there. Barker remember. was even late, like kind of coming into the movie scene. Yeah, like I want to ask a question: the original drummer, whose name was Rainer, right? Did you see why he left? What was his reason for leaving? I never, I, I haven't seen why he left. If anybody knows, comment below. Okay. So, and tell me when the time comes for my Rainer story. For a year and a half. You can tell, I don't, know was, what your, I don't know what your Rainer story is. You can tell it now if you want. Okay. Here's the Rainer story. Okay. Because we're to he the point now he's not in the band as we're progressing through their timeline. He, he auditioned for the puppies at the beginning. Yeah. Was he the we hydrated said, guy? Dehydrated guy? No, he's not dehydrated oh. guy. After dehydrated guy bounced, we we started. Uh, we just did open, fucking uh, auditions. Auditions, and so we put it up on Craigslist and the the classifieds and up at the Guitar Center, and he he hit us up and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I want to come and meet you and look at some music." the uh, The idea was he came over to our place. He brought two other people with him: a girl and some guy. I think one of them was his girlfriend. And it would, the idea was, let's meet, let's hang out and play me some of your songs. And we knew that he was from Blink-182. Like, he was like, yeah, we asked him at the beginning, do you have any experience playing music? I used to be in Blink-182. We said, are you the guy that was in the band for an album and a bit? And you're in a couple of videos? It was like, yeah, yeah. And we were super excited, right? We were like, holy shit, holy shit. And he came in and it was kind of a weird vibe. And then we played him the song, for any Puppies fans that are listening, we played him the song Pitiful. And in Pitiful, there is a breakdown in the bridge that is like 6, 12, or 7, 8 time signature. It's a really weird time signature. And the drums do something really weird. And it's it's a little bit of a mind job. And then it comes back in on the one and you, and you bang your head again on the beat. And he listened to the song. He listened to like a couple of songs and he was like, oh, that's cool. And then he listened to Deliverance. He went, that's, that's cool. That's a good little beat. Yeah, I can... He listened to Pitiful and he just went, yeah, I can't do that. I'm out. And he just left. He just left. He was like, yeah, I'm not. He, he just was like, yeah, I can't. I can't play that. I'm not. Yeah, not for so, me. And then he just. And, and the we were there like Blink-182 couldn't hang yeah. with the sick puppies apparently so we were and we weren't shocked and we weren't patting ourselves on the back we were so bombed 
because I remember thinking, well, if Dorian could play this, it was before Mark joined the band, um, it was like, if it, I mean, fuck man, you're a drummer. And it kind of made me be like, maybe you're not, maybe you're not a drummer. Maybe you're just some guy that was there that couldn't really keep up and it wasn't really blending because the truth is Travis Barker is a superior drummer to the original guy. Well, and I was going to say, superior. maybe now we know why Travis Barker was able to pick up that set in 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> if the parts were written by Rainer. That's very, it's a very interesting. Yeah. So that's my, that's my Rainer story. And I always remembered it. I always thought it was really weird to be there and be like, yo, this is cool. We love your stuff. Have a beer. Great. And this he's just is like, pitiful. Nah, can't do yeah, it. Yeah. He's like, no, he, he's exact was like, yeah, I can't play that. He's like, well, it was nice to meet you. See ya. And he just walked out and we were like, what the fuck just happened? Like it was before we had a chance to process what he even said. Damn. So <laughs> this, I love this part. For a year and a half, Barker was only being paid as a touring musician, and he had to fight to get writer's credit for Enema of the State. Barker told Hopperson DeLong that unless he was paid accordingly, he would treat the gig as a session member and just show up, play his parts, and leave. Since then, he has been a credited writer for Blink-182. That is kind of a gangster move, and it's really, it shows, it takes fucking balls to do that, because the truth is that when you're in a band that's successful, Barker is one of the few people who is really, really well known in today's day and age as being a drummer. Mm -hmm. Like he stands alone as a brand, as a drummer, but he wouldn't be if he wasn't in Blink-182. And most, no one gives a fuck about the drummer. Let's just be real. No one really cares. If he had put that on the table and the band said, yeah, fuck you, you don't write the songs. You, you came into a ship that was already moving. We're gonna get a new drummer. Anyone would have come in and played that spot. Anyone could have played those songs. And, and and they were like, nah, man, okay, cool. You're doing a good job. You're a good guy. We want to be a band. Let's bring you in. You, they don't need to do that. But for Barker to throw down and say, yo, I'm, I'm, I want equal splits for playing the fucking drums. Like, you dog and, and getting it. You dog and drummers, yeah. bro? No, I'm just saying that if you have a band that pre-exists, they'd, oh, already, they'd already done oh, two oh, records oh, and yeah. had hits. He didn't contribute to the success of the band up until that point. And he was in the book. band for a year and a half and then finally said, yo, make me a full member or I'm out. Band, dude, I'm telling you from experience, drummers have done that over the years and it doesn't work. Okay, there are drummers yeah. that are session users in bands for years and they're like, make me a member. And they're like, nah, fuck you. Okay. You're getting paid $5,000 no, a I'm week. I'm making a note here. Shim Moore hates thinks drummers. drummers. Hates them. No, hates drummers, drummers yeah. are Clip overrated. it and put it out there. No. Overrated. You ain't nothing. You know fucking good. <laughs> All right. So the self-titled album, which was released in 2003, was the first album. By that the way, have just a just want to just disclaimer. Not true. I'm just kidding. Chad. Chad might watch this from Breaking Benjamin. Fucking like, I love you. I'm, I love drummers. I'll see you here. I thought you were going Chad good Smith drummers. with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, Chad Smith too. Both of them are great. Like drummers are. See, and I, the okay. reason you didn't say that, I know, is because you hate the Chili Peppers. You 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 hate uh, Dave hate Navarro and you hate uh, Chad Smith. You're an asshole. You're an asshole. <laughs> so the self-titled album, 2003. This was the first album that didn't feature a joke song. It was a more serious album with more self-expression and it was more autobiographical in nature. And I think that also was one of the lesser performing albums, if I remember it's correctly. It's one of their best-selling albums, I believe. Really? One of their best-selling albums? Um, Fucking it, it's, it's. I, I believe it's touted as one of their best albums. Okay. Barker was in a plane crash in 2008 that may have reunited the band. At the time, Barker had teamed up with DJ AM for the project Trvjam, T-R-V dollar sign D-Jam. See, I left that in there because I knew you weren't going to go over the show notes ahead of time because if you did, you would have looked that up. 
No, I wouldn't have looked it up. I would have just read the show notes. And I did read the show notes. I do what you tell me. Okay. Just before midnight, their plane, their private plane, was headed down the runway when the occupants heard a loud bang. The pilots told air traffic control that a tire had blown and they were aborting the takeoff. Yeah, and this this part gets gets really nasty. Yeah, the uh, the self-titled album is actually their third best-selling album. Enema of the State, obviously, is their highest-selling album. Yeah. Take Off Your Pants and Jacket coming in at number two, and then uh, that self-titled album, it sold six million copies. Enema of the State, 16 million yeah. copies. Dude, that record was big. Those so, songs are stellar. Those songs so are great. the plane, it ended up going through the airport fence across a highway, and it crashed into an embankment. And I remember when all this kind of you know broke as a news story, because when you first hear about stuff like this, at least my brain was kind of like, oh, I, 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 my brain wasn't saying, oh, it must not have been serious, but it was kind of like I was assuming it may not have been that serious mm. because it, 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 I don't think it hadn't even taken off yet. It was just yeah. it was in the middle of taking off. And it was this yeah. was bad. So Barker and DJ AM ended up being severely burnt, and they were listed in critical condition and condition at a local hospital in Augusta, Georgia. The two artists were the only survivors of the crash, as both pilots, personal assistant Chris Baker and security guard Shay Still, were killed. A year later, DJ AM would overdose on prescription drugs and cocaine, leaving Barker as the only survivor of that crash. And I remember around this time, too, because I remember DJ AM, he had a guest spot on the show Entourage when they're looking for sh uh, shoes and stuff. And it was just they, yeah. I, I was I was following a lot of this pretty heavily in the news mm. because it just it, it really intrigued me. I've always uh, been interested in Travis Barker and DJ AM. And it was a lot at this time. And it was just it was heartbreaking reading how all of this stuff went down. man. Yeah, man. Uh, and and following on, Barker had always had a fear of flying, and now and there are people. This is not uncommon. He will only travel by bus when touring domestically, and he has to travel by ocean liner for international concerts. I know uh, Ben from Breaking Benjamin does the same thing because he doesn't like to fly. It's not uncommon. There's a lot of people that do that. So the band ended up reuniting. It would have been shortly after this plane crash, which happened in 2008. They reunited from 2009 to 2014, despite the fact that it was. Uh, pretty dysfunctional relationship Hoppus said of this era of the band quote everything was always contentious there was always a strange vibe i knew something was wrong does that and sound like anything you've ever oh no i have no idea what that means eventually delong would leave the band saying that he never planned on quitting he just found it hard to commit barker would say of the band's reunion why blinky even got back together in the first place is questionable so DeLong left to focus on his company to the STARS Academy of Arts and Sciences, which is devoted to investigating UFOs. And that was always kind of the joke that, oh, the one guy from Blink-182 left to go search for UFOs. And I think for the for majority of people who are not big Blink-182 fans, that might be what they know of Blink-182 now. Like that's their frame of reference for the band is that one guy left to go right. hunt UFOs. But that is kind of what he did. No, yeah, he totally did. But like, but I mean, Blink One Eighty Two is way more than just that. But I think that there's a lot yeah, of yeah, people yeah. out there that that is their. There's also of a reference. bunch of dick jokes and and all that sort of stuff. After DeLong left the band, Barker and Hoppus continued the band, bringing in Alkaline Trio's Matt Skiba. Skiba. I always want to say Skiba. 
This started with Ski Basketball, just filling in for a few shows, but once the legal issues with DeLong were worked out, Skiba became an official member of the band. It's nice. So they nice did end up... Big Alkaline Trio guy? Is that a band nope. that you followed at all? No, I unfortunately, like, I respect him. I understand the, why people like the band. I've never gotten into the band. And I was one of the people that was like, dude, it doesn't feel like Blink-182 anymore. It's kind of a, It's kind of a weird thing. So the fact that they've gotten back together now actually makes me really happy. Well, and it's one of those things, too, when you have somebody else coming into a three-piece band, something you yeah. might be familiar with, uh, because mm -hmm. Skiba, they did release an album. Uh, it was called California in 2016. It was the band's second number one album on the Billboard 200 and the first in 15 years. But, again, I'm not the biggest Blink-182 fan. I'm not my cousin Danny. My cousin Danny, I remember back in the day, and he probably still is, just, it was all into the uh, the pop punk, the bubblegum punk. It was Blink-182 mm. and the stuff that was on the American Pie soundtrack. Like, that was all the stuff that he was heavily into. But even coming from me, somebody who's not necessarily the biggest Blink-182 fan, when it's not those three guys, and now obviously we know that Rainer was the original drummer, not Barker, but when you think of it, it's yeah. Pappas, DeLong, and Barker. And anything outside yeah. of that, it's not Blink-182. Yeah. Do you think... Because Barker's gone on and done other projects. He did the project with DJ AM, and he's kind of done some solo stuff. And yeah, Do you think yeah. it would have been in their best interest to not call the band Blink-182 at that point? To, to truly no. become a different project nah. so, to, for like a fresh start? No. No, because guys that fucking real talk, guys that age aren't interested in a fresh start. They've worked fucking twenty years at building Blink One Eighty Two, and they're like, "Why would I want a fresh start when we've got a perfectly good thing here? We just need someone to sing those parts and play the guitar." And the long left. It wasn't like he fucking like. It's not like we kicked him out, and now we're like he chose to leave. He made it. He left, and it's like, okay, cool. We want to keep doing our thing. And it's different when you have. Two, it's very different when you have two singers. When you have two lead singers and two main songwriters, it changes everything. If it was Green Day, for example, you'd be like, dude, just fuck off. Like, if Billy Joe's gone, don't call that, it Green yeah, Day. Not, even with, yeah, with, it's not with green Mike Dirt and Trey Cool, it's not it's yeah, not, it's, not it's never Green If you're a three-piece and you have one, like puppies, if you have one lead singer, it's just not the same. Whereas with Blink, it's yeah, really it gray area. Better. Yeah, <laughs> it's really a gray area with Blink-182. <laughs> Because a lot of fans would be like, well, just because the long left, I like a bunch of Mark songs. Mm -hmm. So why can't I hear him? Why can't I go and see Blink with a new guy? It's not anyone's fault. And it's kind of a weird gray yeah. area. But I, 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 I don't think there's any point All going right. out and putting a band together and, and starting it. What? what? Two, thi two things. I was going to let you finish. Yeah. I'm letting you know I have two points to make. So. Okay. I don't think it's fair to be like, look, you've got two original members and they're playing Blink-182 sounding songs. And we're just going to call it a new thing. It's like, nah, just, just it, even if it's a get. swing and a miss, you got to swing. All right, two things. First one, Sick Puppies did not get better when you left, by the way. I had some of the stuff You felt bad up. when you said it. I did you? a little bit. Bad. Yeah, I feel bad. <laughs> I'm like, God, like I love Shim. Like I can't, I can't let that hanging out there. Uh, no, it's vastly superior. Um, and I met the, the band. Like I met them before I met you. Do you know that? Oh, with the new guy? Yeah. They oh, came in know. before you did. Okay, and I, I I I snuck in and like Emma was sitting there and I'm like, what happened to Shim? No, I didn't do right? that. No, but I did actually meet them beforehand. But yeah, no, Sick Puppy's way better with you. Um, but then right. the other part too. So the thing that always comes to my mind when we talk about things like with bands losing a member or something similar to that, 
is I had these friends down in Florida who were diehard Slipknot fans. Diehard Slipknot fans. And when Stone Sour's second album was released, I asked them if they had checked it out. And the exact answer was, no, fuck that. I'm a Slipknot fan. Yeah. And it, I always found that so weird because what if, like, if you were to take the fact that, you know, Corey Taylor and, is it James Root that was in both bands? I think that's who it was. I'm going to get raked over the coals for not knowing that. But, yeah, um, you will. But the, the fact that they're the ones who are in Stone Sour, if you just take their names off of it, just listen to the music for what it is. Like, why does it matter? And I never understood that, but I know a lot of people that live that way. They think that way. It's the strangest, strangest goddamn thing on the planet. I'm looking. I can at understand that it's people. People need something to feel like they're a part of, and fighting something makes you feel more like a part of it. Yeah. It was Jim. It was Jim Root. It was Jim Root. Jim Root. Here's the straight up truth: you don't need to create conflict about this uh no i support this band because fuck that band if you're a fully realized person and you don't need to attach yourself to a band or a thing then you would never say that you'd be like yeah i like these songs i like those songs i'm good i listen to what i listen to i like i'm good if you need to attach yourself to slipknot and be like slipknot all the way that's my people i need to feel like i belong to that because i need to belong to something that's outside myself then the moment that it's like uh, the reason is ironically because uh, people look at Stone Sour as a threat. It's like, yeah. well, what if he likes what? What happens to Slipknot if he suddenly likes Stone Sour better, and then there's no Slipknot? And then, Slipknot, and then like, Slipknot goes away, which is funny because Stone Sour technically not really a band anymore. They broke up in 2020. Yeah, I remember, dude. We played a show with them in Omaha. That was the one time I got to meet Corey. Uh, they're fucking great. Fuck, he's an amazing singer. So good live. Shit. Yeah, anyway. Um, that, that was Shim's it, depression right there of not being as good of a singer as Corey Taylor. That's, that's what you guys, that's 100% that true. feeling that everybody just got watching this. I that's what that show. was. Shim was passing I did his my depression. Show. I did my show and I was like, that was great. I crushed it. And then I watched their show and I'm like, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. <laughs> You're like, fuck. <laughs> um, after DeLong left the band, da, 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 we've gotten to that. Skiba, da, 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 da. I'm, I'm totally lost. Okay, here we go. Sorry, back to, back to what I'm doing. In June of 2021, it made big news. Hoppus announced that he had received a cancer diagnosis. He was receiving treatment. However, he was declared cancer-free later that year, but was to continue screening. So after the cancer diagnosis, it was reported that Hoppus and Barker and DeLong, uh, they were getting together. They were actually meeting to talk about old problems and some personal issues and some things about Hoppus's diagnosis and stuff like that. And so, man, that rumor mill... And baby started going because it was like, yeah. oh, like he made this announcement that he's sick and, you know, he's going through treatment and, you know, does this mean that they're going to get back together? And then lo and behold, this year, speculation began. DeLong was going to be rejoining the band and on October 11th, it was officially announced. Boom, back with the band. There is a new album. There is a world tour. So and all I hear when I hear that is let's get paid i'm Appar like apparently looking make... for ufos ain't paying the bills man dude no way and angels and airwaves is a good product but it's got to be tough like people did the same thing when they were like yo fuck angels and airwaves but if you don't know that was DeLong's other band uh because they're like blink 182 all the way when he left blink 182 people fucking took a dump on angels and airwaves and angel that's a great band really cool songs 
Well, but, and um, no, they're the going to other... sell out 20,000 people a night. It's going to be huge. Oh, it's, it's going to be a gigantic ass tour. And one of the things that kind of led to the speculation as well is that Skiba was getting asked frequently about his status with the band. Yeah. And all he would really like, he would never quite answer the question. It was yeah. more or less like, I don't really know. So then, of course, that led the rumors more and more and more. And there's this whole big marketing campaign behind it. And lo yeah. and behold, we are back here in 2022 with Blink-182. Nice. I think tour. it would have been nice if they'd left him, if they'd been like, look, let's let's make you the second guitar player on the side of stage and you can stay with the band. It would have been nice to do. Well, think? there's a lot of three-piece bands that have an extra person yeah. off stage. Green and Day, I believe, did that Blink for the longest really goddamn needs time. It. Blink really needs another guitar player. Their sound is... I've heard them live. They they need another guitar player. Are you saying they suck? No, I'm saying they need another guitar player. Because because they suck? No, <laughs> because they need another guitar player. Uh, Dude, uh, look, the bottom line is, you've got if you've got, if you've got two to three guitars on the record, you should have another guitar player. Every band does it. Bring out another guitar player or run tracks. But yeah. if you're Blink-182 and you're all punk... Fucking bring out a guitar player. You literally have one on the phone like, hey, you're a guitar player. Not anymore. But maybe you want to come out. You know what I mean? I think that would be kind of cool if they if they were to take Skiba along with them. Like I said, like Green Day, they would have a, a fourth member. He was just, he yeah. was there with them, but he was off stage. Corn uh, did this for the longest time where they had, when Head left the band, they had another guy on guitar up there playing yeah. with them. He just yeah. wasn't on stage because they didn't want to put him on the forefront because he wasn't yeah. an actual member of the band. So, yeah. I don't and then Head the came back, but... and now they have a different drummer, Ray. So there you yeah. go. All right, so again, if there's anything we missed from Blink-182, if uh, especially here on YouTube, comment below. Make sure you're liking and subscribing and all that fun stuff. You can find me on my socials, at The Real Brandalorian. He's either at Shim, at Shimon Moore, or at Shimmore. You can find him. On that note, his name is uh, Shim. He's a rock star. His name is Brandon. He's a DJ. Custom Smith. Not missed it. We fucked it. That's it's all right. All right. Next time. Ah, it's all right. <laughs>